Hello and welcome back to the Man I Love Film podcast. What you been up to? Oh, um, I'm Lisa. Yeah, I was like, did you introduce yourself? I'm chill. Um, what have I been up to? Mainly just school. Um, biggest thing on my mind right now, and I'm sorry if I'm a little sniffly. It is cold here. I woke up Must and I was nice. cold. It it's not. It's not. I I'm wearing sweats and a sweatshirt, and I walked outside and I was still cold. It's currently 53 degrees and it's 2 p.m. I truly have never felt 53 degrees at 2 p.m. This is another level. I'm so scared for winter because I'm just terrified. I'm terrified. I'm I'm I don't think I'm built for this. I don't think I was meant to be here physically. So that's that's what's been going on with me. I that that and I borrowed too many books from the library. I accidentally put books on hold rather than books books on my list. Mm-hmm. So now I have four books. Um they're here on my desk. And they're all doing Oh my gosh, Tender is the Flush. I know. Okay. Book review real quick. Um No, I'm just gonna go through what books I have. So I have this book. It's a poetry book. It's called Plantains and Our Becoming by um uh, Melania Lisa Marte. And uh she's a Dominican American poet. It's really good. I'm about half through or like three fourths of the way through. It's really good. Um I have Inferno, a memoir of motherhood and madness by Catherine Chill. It's a memoir of her dealing with psychosis after giving birth. Um, And yeah, it seems really interesting. I can't remember who said like recommended it to me or if I saw it on like Goodreads and I thought it was so interesting. Um, But yeah, that it seems like it's going to be really good. Um. I have this one, The Inheritance of Orquidea Divina. It's a nonfiction book. It's um, pretty recommended right now. Also, it's Hispanic Heritage Month. And Filipino American Heritage (laughs) Month. (laughs) Rise. Um, So, um, yeah, I have that one. That one seems like it's going to be good. And then this one, Tender is Flesh um, by, who is it? Agustina Basterica, um, and I read maybe two or three pages of this, like two or three of the beginning pages in a Barnes and Noble, and I was so incredibly like my stomach went into a knot. I was disgusted. I was horrified. Um, and do you know what the plot is? Is that the one where, like, she meets somebody online or something and they're, like, messaging back and forth? Or am I thinking of a different one? <laughs> no. What? This book is about that a disease has caused all the meat on earth to be uh, inedible. So people start doing cannibalism. And so... Okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah. So it's because like, there's, like... there's a different, like... Like one of those books on TikTok that's like most disturbing books that you'll ever read. And the plot of that one is like these two women start messaging each other and it becomes very like mm-hmm. dark. 
I remember the name mm. of it. No, this one, this one's sick too. Don't worry. Because it like literally made my stomach go into knots. I was like, oh, like I want to read it in Spanish because I'm sure it's even sicker in its original language. But I'm uh they they only had it in English at the library. Um, so I'm gonna read it. I'm horrified. Like it's definitely like like body stuff freaks me out. So it's definitely gonna freak me out. You know what also disgusted me? They wanted to sell it to me for twenty dollars at books uh, Barnes and Noble. Mm-mm, sorry, library. So yeah, so those are my four books. That's this is this is what I'm gonna be reading for the next month. Hopefully, I can knock one out a week, and I can turn them back in before I accidentally. I don't even know what else I have on hold, so we have to finish these up quickly. We gotta wrap these things up, but I'm very excited for them. That's that's what I've been on. That's what's that's what's been getting me through. How how have you been? You seemed a little flustered trying to log um, on. Today, I'm actually okay. But for the past few days, my tooth has been hurting so bad. Uh, like my wisdom tooth. I won't get into the details of it because it's kind of gross. But like <laughs> excruciating pain for like the past three or four days. And I was like, you know, let's just see if... This goes away on its own. Um, I tried to get into the dentist. They didn't call me back. And then I was like, should I go to the like walk-in clinic today? But it feels kind of better today. And I really don't want to get my wisdom teeth taken out. So like, I'm not trying to start something. But at the same time, I'm like, if they do take it out, what if they let me keep it? Because that kind of be, <laughs> I'd be like, can I keep it? I can make it into earrings. You can't avoid the teeth having to be taken out, girl. Like, you're just prolonging your pain. Well, right now it feels better. Because here's my thing is that, like... Oh, my God. Normally, the issues with wisdom teeth come from when they're coming in. But mine have been in for, like, years now. So I'm like, is this even like a wisdom tooth problem or is this a problem near my wisdom tooth? Because they're two different things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but like, so when your wisdom teeth were coming in, your dentist was like, this is fine. Yeah, like they're not crowded or anything like that. And I wasn't having anything like beyond the normal like, like teething sort of pain that happens when you when they start to come in and they weren't mm-hmm. affecting the teeth around them but then all of a sudden like Wednesday or something I was like oh my gosh I am in pain <laughs> but yeah so we'll we'll see I might go to the dentist tomorrow or something because I don't want it to come back it just t- I don't like the doc any kind of doctor <laughs> um you're so brave because the minute my teeth start hurting I start calling every like every dentist in the area i'm like this is not actually i put this in my notes i was like we talked about this like when in one of our first episodes but i was like let's talk about the inherent uh feminine instinct that you could go to sleep and not wake up because (laughs) last week i thought i had MRSA and this week i'm like oh no MRSA it was just a pimple but 
what if this bores a hole into my jaw? Anyways, I don't. So I don't think it is. I I was. I you know what? I am very similar today. I was buying soup, like canned soup, and I was like, "What if this has botulism?" There's no reason for it. like why would it like store soup? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. That anyway, was pretty much I also Oh yeah, that was pretty much my week. You what? Ooh. I also be on these little stress gummies nowadays. <laughs> yeah, so... it's funny that you bring up um that book because I've been wanting to watch um Bones and All, but mm. I can't. Like I yeah. Like, just hearing about it, I'm like, I want to watch it because it sounds good, but I don't know if I can stomach that because, like, I tried to watch Teton, Detain. I I don't know how you say it. Do you know what movie Mm. I'm talking about? Uh, Describe. Um, I don't know. The plot summary is very vague. Like, this girl gets in a car crash. I think it's a French movie. And then she gets, like, some kind of, like, middle plate installed in her head. Basically, I think it's, like, body horror. And the body horror starts, like, within the first five minutes. And by body horror, I just mean normal surgery. And I couldn't watch it. <laughs> so, but yeah, I guess that's all of my updates. Oh, my gosh. No, I, I get you about Bones and All, though. I'm not even, like, I... When I first heard of it, I was like, oh, this could be interesting. And then I heard a little bit more about it. And then I backed up. I had to back up. I don't know. I, you know what? Call me a witch. But I'm a girl who doesn't like the metaphor of like cannibalism to all consuming love. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not one. I'm not. You know what? You know what? If this, if this is how I'm remembered, let it be for that like <laughs> i i'm not about it i don't I, I i'm don't, sorry I don't i'm like so it. about it <laughs> i know what so many people are and i do not get it i hate to i hate to say it but i do not i'm not i'm not rocking with y'all on that sorry but yeah anyway this week's movie, a creepy one as well, but definitely not as creepy. Um, <laughs> so this week we covered Coraline, or we are covering Coraline a from classic. 2009. How many times have you seen this movie? I haven't seen it very recently because I forgot a mm-hmm. lot of what happens, or not necessarily like what happens. Like I remember all the major plot points. I just don't remember like the specifics. Um, but I think like as a kid, I watched it a lot because um, it'll make more sense to explain it later. But me and my friend used to play this game that was based on the movie that we made up, mostly her. Um, <laughs> and so like every time basically that we watched the movie, we played the game and we played the game like at least from what I remember, pretty often. So we must have watched it, like, a lot, which I 
only have in the past couple of years started getting into like horror. So I'm surprised that I was able to handle this movie as a child. Like as an adult, I'm like completely fine, obviously, because it's still like a kid's movie. But there's some things that happen that I'm like, how did this not have me like shaking in my boots at nine years old? Mm, yeah, I did not watch this movie a lot as a kid. I hadn't seen it in a long time until rewatching it. Like, I didn't remember the ending. I could tell you up until where it gets kind of creepy. And then, yeah, I think I stopped right at that point as a kid. You're like, that's <laughs> I, I was a scared kid. And I'm going to be so honest, watching this, even as an adult alone in my apartment, I was creeped. Like, it, 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 it set off something so primal in me of just like this. I'm scared. I'm like she should be scared. You know what I mean? Like it. She's behind the shower curtain right now. Yeah, like I'm. The I other feel mother. like I'm like scared. I'm like, I think Coraline should have been more scared right now. <laughs> yeah, there's some points where she just like takes everything at face value, and I'm just like, you're not questioning any of. No real, and like. I like I guess we'll talk about it in our next episode, but this was one of those movies that scared me as a kid. This movie which, Yeah, which housekeeping. Um, if you have any examples of that, I'm gonna put a QA in the thing. Because I personally well, I'll reveal what it is next week. But there was one singular thing that terrified me so much as a child that I didn't have room to be scared by anything else. So I don't have a lot of examples. Of things that scared me as a kid, so I need to talk about other people's examples. <laughs> but yeah, I have a ridiculously long amount of examples. Everything scared me as a kid. Um, there are certain movies I couldn't watch until I was already well into high school. Like I had to have been a sophomore in high school, <laughs> and I watched them fully through for the first time. Um, embarrassingly, like these are like these aren't like. Oh horror mo- like I don't watch horror movies. They freak me out. Even um, now I watch yeah, when I watch things that are slightly scary or uncomfortable, I mute them. Like I fully mute them and I read the captions because I can't handle it. It it freaks me out to no end. Uh I was talking to someone recently, they were like, "Oh, you watch like scary movies because they were watching a scary movie every day for October." And I was like, oh, what are you watching? And they were like, I'm a big slasher person. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, I feel like some slashers I could, I could tolerate. But when it comes to those, like, Saw ones or anything that has anxiety or suspense, I truly can't. <laughs> I can't. You know, I can't do Saw. Can't. Yeah. So that, this, was, this was one of them. This, <laughs> this, <laughs> this movie, for me as a kid, was in, is in the same bucket as, like, Saw. Um, <laughs> not comparable at all. They they are to me. They were to me as a child. I was just like, I can't. I cannot watch that. But yeah, so Coraline, two thousand nine, directed by Henry Selick. I'll just read the plot on Letterbox. Be careful what you wish for. When Coraline moves to an old house, she feels bored and neglected by her parents. She finds a hidden door with a bricked-up passage. 
During the night, she crosses the passage and finds a parallel world where everybody has buttons instead of eyes, with caring parents and all her dreams coming true. When the other mother invites Coraline to stay in her world forever, the girl refuses and finds that the alternate reality where she is trapped is only a trick to lure her. Yeah. Pretty accurate. Pretty accurate. Her parents... Okay, this is... She feels bored and neglected. She is. <laughs> she is neglected by her parents. Yeah, like... I guess I don't want to like put a pin in too many things because then I'll forget to go back to them. So I guess like to just like right off the bat, I think that this meta or this movie is very much like the more the moral of the story is basically supposed to be like the beginning is from Coraline's perspective, right? And then The parents suddenly have this like change of heart by the end, but they don't remember anything that happens. So mm-hmm. you're like, where does the change of heart come from? So you can only really assume that it's not like an actual change of heart. It's just that Coraline's perspective has changed after the events of the movie. And we're seeing the movie through Coraline's perspective. So that's why they seem to be different. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, at least the dad is like fine. The mom is like horrible. Even if like you know, her her perspective changes, not her entire reality by the so like things that her mom says to her. I I don't know how Neil Gaiman was able to perfectly encapsulate mother-daughter relationships at that age. Like no, I was who, like, who would have thought? Why isn't this any in anybody's uh? What is it, mommy issues? Letterbox, <laughs> my letterbox list where it's like being a daughter is hard. Adding Coraline. No, I never see this movie in any of those lists. With a Mitski song in the background. <laughs> make another edit for the TikTok. <laughs> But yeah, they they just move to this place and she moves away from all her friends and her parents both like are working and they're just like, get out of my face. Like, especially the mom. She she specifically says, I don't have time for you right now. What do you mean? You're a parent. Stop because like so Coraline's exploring. They're like pushing her around, right? They're not pushing her around, they're just telling her to go like find something to do and so first she goes outside where she meets yb and she sees this giant well which we'll talk about later because the well is i have a lot of questions about that well um and yb and this black cat she goes back inside and she starts exploring the house and she finds a little door and she's like hey mom can you open this door this is so interesting and her mom is like if i open this door for you will you like shut up forever and that's basically what happens and then she's like yes and so she opens the door and then there's nothing behind the door and her mom doesn't even and she's like mom why don't you lock the door and she's like what happened to if i open the door you shut up forever and then so she leaves the door unlocked and yeah like literally just so like that scene in particular is so mean I just, like, I don't even, 
like at one point when everything's happening she like misses her parents right i'm like i don't even i wouldn't buttons in my eyes immediately <laughs> no you'd be one of the children that i've got i would and i would be stop so <laughs> because if i was around that age <laughs> and i walked through a door and my mom was like being like way too ne- i'd be like uh-uh this ain't my mom <laughs> you are not my mother you know those like <laughs> those two sentence horror stories on reddit it'd be like i walk downstairs and my mom is making my favorite breakfast and smiling at 10 a.m <laughs> i'd be like that's not her yeah <laughs> what did you do what did you do to her yeah, so she, it, it's left unlocked, and then it becomes nighttime, and she's like, let me check that door again, and then this time, there is something behind it, and she goes through this, like, intestine-looking purple tunnel thing. It looks like an AC vent. Yeah, like one of those little metal. When the magic fades away. Yeah. Yeah. She goes through, and... There's her mom and her dad, and they have buttons instead of eyes. And the mom is like, oh, my gosh, I'm making delicious food. And she's immediately like, something's up here because my mom can't. <laughs> um, and the dad is like, first of all, in the beginning, there's that meme where he's like hunched over his computer in his Michigan State like yes. neck, which like literally me at work. But yeah, but in this world, he's got like this velvet robe on, he's playing the piano, which fun fact, I'm like 99% sure that I heard somewhere that this was supposed to be a musical, like a musical movie. And so that song that the other father is playing was kind of just something that like came from early when they were originally going to make it like multiple songs throughout the movie. Oh, okay. That makes sense because there were some points in this movie where I'm like, they just want to jump into song and dance. <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm saying? No, no, I know what you mean. But yeah, so they're just like, yeah, everything's great here. They're giving her food. There's like this train that has like a gravy boat on it. It's just very whimsical. Um, And then she has to go back she goes to sleep in bed there and wakes up in her like in the normal world so that happens a few times she like meets all of these different neighbors and stuff uh like mr bobinski and these two old ladies and then there's like yeah. the other versions of them in the other world yeah and and everything is like so good and the mother makes like she gets to see the two shows by the neighbors um who during their shows just like strip out of their bodies wait okay there's two old ladies and they put on this like uh i think when they were younger they used to be like acrobats or something and i Mm -hmm. didn't remember this part also i think sometimes when i watch this it was like on tv so maybe they cut this part from tv but basically one of the old ladies comes on stage and she's in this like mermaid costume and Coraline is like 
oh like haha she's almost naked and then the other one comes out and she's legit like bedazzled pasties only yep big boobs (laughs) (laughs) and like i was like oh my gosh how did they allow yep and then they like get to the top of the stairs and it looks like or like the highest part of the theater and they're gonna jump off and you're like one of the ladies took her like her like walker up there i was like what are they gonna do and then they like unzip their bodies and it's like the scene in glee when they push Artie into the pool yeah that's what i thought i was like what are they about yeah well basically they unzip themselves from their old older woman bodies to be like young women again and then they acrobat um and then Bobinski does his like mouse show and the mice are like jumping around and dancing see that's another moment they wish they could break out into song and dance i just know it um, when that part came up i was like this is literally the frogs in meet the robinsons but the frogs are singing. yeah mm-hmm. and you know it's a good scene in that movie it's a great scene it's a great scene um but yeah also in oh and then her dad makes the huge garden to look like her face which when i was watching this movie again i remembered the garden face and when the movie starts we're looking at the kind of like barren garden in the real world but you could still see the outline of like how it would be a face and it freaked me out it made me so like i was like oh I'm assuming you've never seen Midsummer if you don't like horror movies. No, I've seen Midsummer. Oh, okay, you know this that one part freaks me out the... more. This freaks you out more than Midsummer. <laughs> yes, I don't know how to tell you this. This freaks me out because as a Midsummer kid. takes place in the daytime. Yes, <laughs> day equals less scary. No, you're valid. But yeah, she's also got this cat that's like walking around following her and the cat kind of goes between like both worlds. So in the real world, he can talk. And then, I mean, no, in the real world, he cannot talk. And then in the other world, he can talk. And his voice, (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, why? He's like, I don't even know how to it, his voice actor is Keith David. Um, he's just known for his like very deep voice. Uh, who? What? What other movies did he do? He's done a lot of movies, uh, but he has a very very deep voice. Um, he was Doctor Facilier in The Princess and the Frog, which is another children's movie. If you need like a reference, yeah. And yeah. he sounds exactly like that in this movie. Yeah, it is a little shocking to have the cat just like speak. Um, One of my notes just says the cat is so cunt. Yeah. Yeah. He slayed. He slayed. My he notes slay. My. <laughs> but yeah, so also-, also. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. It's stupid. Oh, I was just gonna say, like a plot, like a plot point is that YB has brought her a doll that looks just like her. By this point, um, yeah, he's like my grandma. 
yeah, my grandma had this in her trunk and it looked just like you. So I had to give it to you. Also, my grandma's sister mysteriously disappeared in this house when they were children. And I'm not allowed to go inside ever. Um, Kind of crazy I, for I don't her to we... let Coraline live there. Yeah, because here's the thing. If the doll was in the trunk, that means the doll was created. Or Here's what I'm thinking. Tell me if I'm wrong. But the doll, if it's in the grandma's trunk and it's an old doll, that means right after the sister disappeared, the doll was released back into the house, meaning she saw what Coraline looked like. And if she's never rented to, with people with kids before, she that means did she see Coraline and see that she looks like the doll and was like, well, say la vie. Well, I think it's supposed to be that the doll, when she put it in her trunk, looked like her sister oh and then like she doesn't realize that the doll changes and then yb found it and now it looks like Coraline, and that's why he gave it to her but then towards the end he's like freaking out because he's like my grandma wants that doll back because it belonged to my sister or to her sister and i feel like she wouldn't want it back if it doesn't appear to be the same doll anymore that's but here's because like also, we see the intro sequence is her making the doll, like the other mm -hmm. mother making the doll. But I don't think there's like a time to that. So how would it change in the trunk if the grandmother doesn't live in the pink palace anymore? I don't know. I'm very confused as to like... How control does the other mother have? Yeah, because here's... There's like... I don't know if you've seen this theory, but basically there's this theory that Coraline never makes it out of the other world. And mm -hmm. one of the things that people like talk about in their theories and stuff is that like she seems to be able I think it's just for aesthetic purposes like it just looks cleaner to have these transitional shots where she's like in bed in the other world and then wakes up in the original world or like the normal yeah. world but like she like goes through the tunnel to get to the other world and then she can just like wake up in the new world but then later she wakes up and she's still in the other world so it's like like how does she end up back in the normal world and like yeah I don't also how does the other mother get her parents I guess she lures them in with dolls that look like them because she there was the doll that looked like them yeah I don't know it's kind of confusing I try not to think about it too much yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not, we're not film theory. We're not cinema sins. We're, we're movie. <laughs> not even movie theory, just movie. We're just, yeah, we're not even there. Um, But yeah, that's genuinely like, I was just kind of like, how much power does the Beldum have? Because then also her hand can go out of the like world. So she, clearly she can get out of the world. Yeah, I don't know. Also, I didn't know because when obviously the doll is created and then she releases the doll into the um, like, you know, in the intro sequence, she opens a little window and then throws the doll and the doll like floats into the sky or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then like after that, YB is like, oh, this well, if you're at the bottom and you look up, it looks like the star in the sky stars in a night sky and i'm like how is is does that mean that she released it from there 
and that's how it's connected to the Belden? Oh, no. Because he says that, like, when talking about it, and the only thing, the only scene that I see in that movie that, that is looking at the night sky is that intro sequence when she opens the window and she releases the doll. Maybe that's just the ether, bro. Maybe, maybe, you know. It's basically, like, so they're like, oh, do you want buttons sewn into your eyes? You can stay here forever. She's like, no, thank you. She escapes back to, like, the original world, and her parents are missing. And then, um, is it the cat? Is like, who tells her that they're, somebody tells her that her parents are in the other world. It's the cat. The cat wakes her up after she's made these sad little pillow parents in their bed. And the cat's like, look in this window or in this mirror. And her parents are in the mirror, like freezing to death. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, she goes back and tries to save them. And she basically has to do these like trials because the cat is like the mother likes playing games. So you know, challenge her to a game and you might be able to get away. And then I don't know if you saw my letterbox. Before you bring that up, give me one second to explain the trials. So the trials are that at some point when she's in the other world, she finds the, like, there are three children, ghost children, that have, well, they got, let's just say they got buttoned up by the (laughs) other mother and including the grandmother's sister and they're all there and apparently their eyes have their souls and so yeah, which is really creepy the the yeah which is really creepy because i kind of mm, because then when she they were like please miss collect our eyes because they speak old timey yeah like, this is like oregon and they're like eyes. please mrs we want to return to our families they're all the same age um anyway but like they're like collect our eyes and i was so mortified that Coraline was about to grab some eyes like some eyeballs no they're just like little you know like percy jackson movie where the like little yeah, pearls really- and they just have to like and they kind of just glow <laughs> that's that's what they look like yeah here i wrote down specifically uh the like challenge that she gives her where is it she says in each of three wonders I've made for you, a ghost's eye is lost in plain sight. And the three wonders are the circus, like Mr. Babinski puts on, um, yeah. the show that the two old ladies put on, and then the garden, I think. Mm-hmm. Right? So she completes the first two, and then with the help of the cat, she completes the third one. Um, and then she goes back to the other mother, and she's like, I got him. Oh, but she still has to find her parents. Yeah. So she's supposed to find her parents, but um, go ahead and say what you were going to say about these challenges. <laughs> you know, I would compare them to Hercules, Sarah. like the Hercules Greek, you know, but you, you go Amarantha. ahead. Amarantha. Oh my god. No, I just, I just... When I made this joke on my letterbox, I know that it is such a common structure to just complete trial. But I thought it was funny. Like, who hasn't completed trials? <laughs> what hero's I've journey? I've completed trials. You've completed trials. <laughs> what hero's journey doesn't have trials? You're so right. 
it's like basic um I don't remember what where it's like man versus man man versus you know do you it's know like what the greater meta narrative of like society human society like how there's only like a limited what 36 plots that exist in the world yeah i'm like literally uh guitar everything goes media didn't exist and <laughs> I feel like the way that I reference Akatar, everybody must think that I think it's like a masterpiece. It has so many flaws. I just think it's funny. But yeah. Um, so she finds her parents finally, and the other mother is like mad, you know? Yeah. So she's chasing her around. Also, like at one point when she's looking for the eyes, this is another reason where I'm like, I don't understand how far other mother's reality reaches because they kind of like walk out of the bounds of this like fake universe that she's created for Coraline. And it's like mm-hmm. the the like white room from SpongeBob where they're like, hello, <laughs> yeah. hello, you know, it just like doesn't exist past the garden. And then it slowly pieces itself so that like, whatever direction she's walking in, she just ends up at the house again. Mm. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm very confused about, like, what she can see and what she can't see. Yeah, um, because I guess she can only see with the dolls. Because they say that the dolls are how she's able to, like, see people's lives and stuff. Um, And so, obviously, wherever Coraline has taken the doll, she can see. But also, I'm kind of confused how much influence she has over the house in the real world. Because, obviously, she can crawl through to the other world and her hand does crawl through. But there are just, like, instances in the house where it's, like, is the house alive? Is the house... Not, like, alive, alive, you know, like... But the house is obviously haunted by her in a way kind of like stranger things where it's like the alternate universe like where we see the alternate universe in this space but i don't know to the extent that extends to the house and then also to the well because the well has like you know those little mushroom circles like the well is literally surrounded by a mushroom circle which is usually an inclination you know people like to say those are inclinations of like magical things you know something is there and like the well that's why i'm like how does the well connect all because then they shove like anyway but yeah yeah so i don't know the extent because even in the other world like she doesn't seem to have complete control over everything because she there's yb and why like the other version of yb who doesn't talk and he like makes these faces like he feels guilty about kind of like being a part of this trap for Coraline. And even the other father at some point is just like, I can't say that because the other mother will get upset or like this or that. So like the other creatures in the other world seem to have like at least a little bit of like independence and autonomy. So yeah. I'm very confused. And then the cat is also a confusing element. It's It's giving... It's giving hocus pocus. Yeah, the cat. Oh, I love the cats are keeping them. Anyways, 
anyway. um, but yeah so she gets out and so she slams the door <laughs> oh i'm sorry it's like lagging so i can't tell if i'm talking to me. <laughs> she slams the door and the hand crawls out um which i didn't remember it like i don't remember that happening because i did think that the the fight that she has like the final boss fight kind of with the other mother felt kind of like too easy mm-hmm. and even still the fight with the hand felt a little too easy i don't know if it seemed too easy because just in general like i feel like the other mother was not it was just creepy looking but like that time that she was like, Coraline, you're staying here forever. I love well, you're vegan and omelet. And like, <laughs> Coraline just like sat down. I just feel like there was a lot of calmness <laughs> in general. So I think the boss fight felt, it felt equivalent to that feeling. Yes. Not like, I didn't think it was anticlimactic enough that it like takes points off i guess i don't know how else to say it like of this movie because it is a children's movie but yeah but this hand follows them out and she realizes um well first of all she like snuck in what her parents were stuck in which is kind of like a snow Mm -hmm. globe and brought it back to the other world and then she realizes it's like smashed or something and they just kind of like reappear like they never left like they don't even she's like you literally have snow on you and they're like you're crazy they actively they're like yeah unintentionally gaslighting melting off of them um but yeah and then she goes to sleep and she realizes that she has to like destroy the key because the other mother could get the key somehow again yeah, because the children show up in her dream when she sets them free. I guess she has to, like, go to sleep, and then the children are free anyway. So she falls asleep, and the children are like, you set us free, yay! And then she's like, LOL, so glad that we're all free from this, right? And they're like, ooh. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> like, yikes. Like, oh. <laughs> we're free. Bear. They're so yeah, foul so for that. The kids are like, basically, she's going to chase you for this key forever till the end of time, which is kind of confusing because the key had always been in the house the whole time. Um, She was like, she's going to chase you forever for this key, but you're still alive, so win. And that was the only win. Like, that, that was all they said. And so she decides after she wakes up, she's like, nah, I got to get rid of this key. And she thinks, I'm going to throw it into the well that has a magical circle of mushrooms around it. If you look up, it looks like the sky. There's no bottom. Yeah, that's the part where I'm like, I don't know if the well is magical. Because I guess you could just, maybe Marvel has like destroyed my brain cells. But like, I guess you could just want to leave it up to interpretation. But I feel like if they wanted create this idea of like not necessarily setting things up for a sequel but leaving things open-ended that they would have her because with the help of YB they throw both the hand well they crush the hand so the hand is basically dead and then they wrap it and they wrap the key around it and throw it at the bottom of the well 
and it's pretty much like that's the resolution and I feel like if they were at risk of like the well being a sort of like portal and then they basically just gave the other mother the key like I don't know I feel like there would have been some maybe like post credits hint <laughs> yeah but it does feel like they set so much stuff up around this well that you're led to believe that it is magical mm -hmm. yeah I don't know. but in the end that's the resolution and then Coraline's you, like you know what YB bring your grandma bring your grandma and I'm gonna tell her everything yeah I was like why Leave no, this poor old like, lady alone. Why would she? Why would she tell her that? Because then, if I was renting that out and this daughter was like, this little girl was having these like vibes and stuff, I'd be like, we need to get all of you out of here immediately. She's so excited to tell that grandma too. She's like, bring your grandma over. I cannot wait to tell her about everything that happened to me and how her sister died, probably a horrific death. Yeah. So that's the end of the movie. The movie just kind of ends like that. And they have a wonderful garden party because her parents are so excited that I guess their, like, Dirt magazine is good. So. Yeah. It's, like, slightly more Did colorful you... now. Yeah. Did you have any, like, notes about just the movie in general? Um, I mean, it's pretty much, like, a given that the stop-motion animation is really really cool especially the opening scene is like so satisfying but also very very creepy um mm -hmm. i think i just have like more like fun fact notes but i tried to like limit it because i just know some off the top of my head so i didn't try yeah. to like find more because there there's so like i could go on like a into the spider-verse amount of like information <laughs> if i looked things up but i think this was also supposed to be a live action movie at first mm -hmm. still with dakota fanning hmm. oh but i never explained the game so the game that me and my friend used to play was like <laughs> she just had this idea when we watched the movie as kids of like okay so we're gonna turn all the lights in my house off and she, I just like wait and she goes around her house and hides a bunch of objects that are meant to be the eyes and then like a slightly larger object that's supposed to be like the snow globe. Usually it was like an actual snow globe because we had one um, that the parents are stuck in and she would hide each one in like a different room and then turn all the lights off and she herself would hide in like, because I had to find them in a particular order. Um so then I would go and try to find the, quote, eyes, and but all the lights are off. And so I'd be, like, rummaging around in the dark, and then she would jump out and scare me <laughs> in every single room and do this, like, monologue where she's like, I am the other mother. <laughs> and and this, is, this is a clue of, like, where the next eye is. And it was, like, so fun to me. And then finally there was just, like, this final boss of like, and now you have to find the big one. I'm truly so shocked you weren't a theater kid. 
I say it all the time. I was supposed to be in my heart and mind. I know I was, but I was saved from that fate by the universe. <laughs> that's actually really cute, though. Like, that it's threw like, me back to, like, kids' games. A core memory for me. No, really, it had me thinking, like, why am I not creative anymore? Even though I didn't come up with that. But, like, we as, like... <laughs> By we, I just mean society. Yeah, like, uh, imagination, bro. Real. Any other Um, quick fun facts? Only that I think, again, these were just facts from my brain because I didn't Mm want to, like, you know, so this could be inaccurate, but I think that I also heard that the owner not the director, but the owner of, like, this studio, of Leica Studios. First of all, I think this was their first film, maybe. Oh, I don't know if it was their first popular film. And then they went on to have, like, Paranorman and Kubo, which, like, all very good movies. Um, But I heard that, like, the owner of Leica is, like, the heir of Nike or something. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I heard about that, too. That's so funny. Nepo Baby win because he did kind no, of No, because it's like I really like all of the Leica films. Like Coraline was good. It freaked me out. They love making weird things. Um and they love those fanning girls. They love They really do. They love them. Um As they should. Cor- Coraline Paranorman Box Trolls. I liked Box Trolls. I saw Paranorman it's just something about stop motion and creepy things i don't like i don't like creepy stop motions so i think that henry Selick does it well i like the way henry Selick does stop motion creepy um i can watch Coraline. i can watch like uh what was it the the new one he did um i know there's missing link which people did not like sorry i'm like i'm literally looking up henry selick right now i will get you um james the giant's peach is watchable wendell and wild also it's just i have a thing about creepy things and i have a thing about stop motion um is there any stop like, motion movies I that you can't don't watch? like tim burton's like i just don't like tim burton's vibe i don't like tim burton's whole thing the whole thing he's got <laughs> i don't think he does it really well <laughs> he it makes me deeply unsettled like you know how people are like oh my god let's watch the nightmare before christmas it still scares me um let's watch <laughs> let's watch what was it that one or the corpse bride uh-uh get out of here i don't like it <laughs> I, don't, I don't i really don't like them <laughs> um i don't mind them like i've just never had like a particular attachment to the ones that people really go like gaga for like nightmare before christmas and corpse bride like i don't know what it is about them i've just never been that interested um i know that like it's just like an uncanny valley type thing of like for some people they can watch stop motion and for some people they just like can't i mean you're less like black and white about it but a lot of people have like that they're very turned off like my friend kira cannot watch any like can't watch fantastic mr fox can't watch chicken run (laughs) here's the thing 
Aardman, yeah, I'll watch anything they make. Curse of the Were-Rabbit, great. It's the combination of stop motion and creepy. Kubo and the Two Strings is incredible. I love it. And there's like magical elements to it. Yeah. Creepy and stop motion, that's where you cross a line for me. That's, um, <laughs> it just feels like, you know, those, <laughs> that joke where it's like, They'll the, make a sad face on a cup of coffee and they'll be like an insight into my sick and twisted mind. That's how I feel watching a stop motion that's creepy. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I love stop that's motion. That's my opinion. That's my, I like stop motion. I really love stop motion. Not creepy stop motion. It it's like most out. stop motion. I know. I know. I it's know so why. hard. It's so hard to be a stop motion fan that doesn't like creeper horror. <laughs> um, I had one note, and the music is not actually a language. It's like just just noises. Someone singing, right? And I was like, "Is this what Simlish? You know, like the 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 like <laughs> language the Sims speak? Is this like Simlish for French people? Like." <laughs> like because like in my head my american head i was like this sounds like french but it's very clearly not so for them that they sound like that (laughs) at least they sound like that to us is that what simlish sounds like to them that's just what french people sounds like to me yeah so (laughs) So i guess we sound like sims to french people yeah um did you have any other fun facts for your notes? No, not really. I had one. There was this man named, well, he he still exists. Uh, Paul Dergrabedian. I, I probably butchered that really bad. He was a film business analyst. And when Coraline was coming out, he was like, like, I should be pleased if Coraline makes, I think it was 10 million their opening weekend. And they made 16 million their opening weekend. And then obviously, like, did super well, like, in the box office after that. I think they made, like, into the hundreds of millions of dollars off that film. And then this year, they re-released the movie, and they made $4 million in two days. Which is kind of crazy, because it's been, like, a while since that movie's come out. So, I didn't yeah. know they re-released it. I would... Yeah, they did. They released it in theaters. I think the reason it's so popular is because, like, I don't know, like... There's always this conversation about like whether or not children's media actually respects the children as like intelligent, yeah. you know, because I think this movie does a really good job of it just by virtue of like being a kind of horror film for children. Because I think the whole reason that Neil Gaiman wrote the book was because his daughter or something asked for like a legit scary story. And so he was looking for ones for children and he couldn't find any so he was like i am author i make one yeah and he succeeded no he's really well because i think that i think that children's media has to first respect the children as like people people who are consuming this and i do think that children's media should have a like you know moral to the story like obviously Coraline does have a moral to the story of like 
you know, do not let people tempt you. Temptation. <laughs> Temptation. It's <laughs> a very, like, grass is greener on the other side kind of vibe. Yeah. And so, like, I think that good media has a good moral to not necessarily teach, but, like, guide children, but also, like, respect them as people who want to consume something interesting and fun. And, yeah, I think this is a really great way of that. Like, watching it now as an adult, I'm still fully entertained. Like, I remember being a kid and my my sister and my brother or my sister really liked this movie and my mom did too and they would watch it together and my mom was like obviously a grown adult and she also enjoyed the movie so i think that really good media can be consumed especially like animation or stop motion can be consumed by all ages because it is actually very entertaining like it's it's done well you know but yeah anyways did you sorry, do i'm opening you're good we didn't talk about it but did you do a live action casting for this or did you do what did you do (laughs) i had a really hard time with this because i did not want to do a live action casting because i have my personal reservations about um what's it called live actionizing things that don't need it yeah so i did not do that i also only like i only did um what's it called the other mother because i would recast the child as a random person i love the fannings i love them don't get me wrong we need new twenties now no literally because i was trying to look for people and so i typed in live action Coraline. And I was like, I know the first person that's going to come up for Coraline is McKenna Grace. Let that poor girl rest. First of all, she's like 16 now. Yeah. Like she has, I feel like she has like the resume of like a 60 year old actress. Like that girl has been absolutely everything they just need to give her a break. And yeah, that sure enough, that was the first person that came up. Yeah, no, I think I think that especially when it comes to child actors, I think we need more nobodies. I want to see someone, and I don't want to see them, you know, this is no diss. I don't want to see them start off at Disney Channel or something. I want to see them start that route like like Josh Hutcherson when he was doing like you know Howl's Moving Castle and obviously the Fanning girls like you know we've seen them progress into like like and they're very young still so I I I don't doubt that they're going to have even more successful careers moving forward because they're obviously very talented um but like I feel like if we're trying to go the child actor to like career actor pipeline let's get some new kids in there because I feel like I haven't seen new child actors that I've seen consistently in a while. Yeah. And then I and then for the other for the mother, um, I love Tony Collette. I love Tony Collette. <laughs> Father's the only one you cast. <laughs> and I also kept Keith David as a cat because I think he needs to be there. 
that was it. Anyone else could be swip swapped in any kind of fashion, but that's that's how I feel about this movie. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot how many TikTok audios people make from this movie. Real. There were so many moments where I was like, "Oh, I forgot that was a viral TikTok sound." Like the one where the cat is like, "You might think this something is a dream come true, but you're wrong." <laughs> yep. Um, but okay, don't hang me. But <laughs> I love that we always use like, why do we use Salem witch trial references? Like, don't We're like burn don't me burn me at the stake. <laughs> <laughs> but. I think if if done properly, this has potential as a live action movie. I don't think that it should be like a remake of this movie. I think it should just be another adaptation of the book because I'm sure there's differences between like I think the book is scarier from what I've heard. Um, and if it were a live action movie, I want like legit horror, like. Because, like, the only reason that there should be a remake of this, the only reason that there should be a remake of anything is if you're bringing something new to the table. True. Okay, yeah. So, like, I think that a live-action movie could be justified if you're, like, seriously making it, like, a horror movie. Like, I think that it's too soon, like, way too soon to have a Hunger Games remake. But, like, if that True. ever were to happen, I want children. Show me the blood <laughs> no i get it i get it i think sometimes that movie adaptations stray far enough from the books that like people want remakes just to be closer to the source material so hunger games like you know i have my own opinions and and other hunger games fans have their own opinions i love the movies i love I those movies love the movies so much i will be seeing that new movie i read the new book of hunger games i'm ready to watch that movie i love the original movies um but i do think that is a failing of them is that they miss the critiques that the books have towards society and capitalism and like um policing and like a lot of things a lot of things it's just missing from there and also the horror of seeing children fight to the death like Josh Hutchinson and Jennifer Lawrence were by no means like old, but they weren't like 16 years old because like in those books, I'm pretty sure they're 16 at the beginning and Katniss at the end is only 18 as the like rebellion is like she's gone through a revolution and that is a lot on a child because those are children. And so like it misses on that actual gore and horror because I remember reading them as a kid and being like, oh, you know because it's like horrific <laughs> like i can't imagine seeing like round-faced babies and yeah i'm gonna say that as a 23 year old if you're 17 16 you are a round-faced baby you don't know it you don't know it but you are you and are. you need to be protected like <laughs> you need to be protected um but yeah i i could see where like <laughs> where like Coraline, the original could be adapted also i think yb was a new addition to the movie so like oh, really yeah i'm pretty sure it's not like he's not in the book so i think that like 
adaptations like that are good sometimes we need to remove source material like that it movie oh my god that's that's where we need to censor people yeah uh, i don't know you know that's a whole other i could talk about the disturbing mind of stephen king for yeah ages ages that's a whole other anyway kind of anyway words. anyway uh, but I actually so at first I tried to make at least like a because sometimes when I don't know who to cast I just do like mm-hmm. a goofy one and then I first I wrote down Kim Kardashian as the mother with a fuck ass bob and then I'm like, <laughs> you're doing like American Horror Story Coraline <laughs> no literally but then I couldn't think of anybody else still so and even still that this movie just has like such a specific aesthetic that I couldn't even really think of like five songs that like captured the vibe but i did pick three um so i have body by mother mother they literally have i bet there's edits you know after this i'm gonna go on tiktok and i'm gonna look for edits of this movie to the song and if they don't exist i'll make one um so if you see uh an edit on a tiktok don't say anything um and then i have Buried in Water by Dead Man's Bones, because I love to plug Ryan Gosling's one album band, also from 2009, as much as possible. Um, honestly, anything almost from that album could fit Coraline. And I put Zombie by the Cranberries. Ooh. Yeah, that was it. So, what do you love this week? Oh my god, girl. <laughs> I have... Some of these are not even things that I love. They're just, like, thoughts from my mind. Um, This one was from... Okay, I guess I'll start with obsessions and then move into thoughts. Things that I love this week. Um, I like Q from Impractical Jokers. Sue me. Sue me. Sue me. Sue me. Um... Moving on before you can even comment. Um, I want a Build-A-Bear Snoopy with the pumpkin outfit so bad. I I want it so bad. I want a little Snoopy. It's it's just so deep inside me. Um, oh, did you have a comment on that one? You cannot comment on previous comments, but you can comment on this <laughs> Snoopy comment. <laughs> but not the Q comment? No. I will not be taking any questions or concerns about that. No comment. Okay. Um, this one just says Omar Apollo is my forbidden fruit. Um, yeah. Look at look up, look up just Omar Apollo. Period. Like that's that's all you gotta know, and then you'll see why he is a forbidden fruit. He just is. Um, last one how would you feel if 45 years from now your grandkids found this podcast and then posted it on the newest social media being like oh my grandma and her friend had the, a podcast quote here are some clips and it was you being like I took her to my penthouse and I freaked it <laughs> I'd be like and I did I did freak it <laughs> I'd be like, back in my day, I freaked out all the time. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. That like has been sitting and simmering in the back of my mind. It was because I saw this TikTok of a person being like, my granddad's album from like 19. And I was like, if someone did this to me and they were like, oh, grandma, I posted it on Zoomer or like something like that. Some, something stupid. The, like the new, but the, the new context is always movie. like, look at my poor sad grandpappy who never dream. <laughs> yeah, it's literally like always like give them a sorrow. Listen, never because it's like oh, there's like some actual good things going on. It's like their failed career dreams, as in art. Like, can you imagine your grandkids were like my grandma's failed dreams to be a podcast influencer, and it's like. You and me literally sitting here like, like, I'd be like, it wasn't a dream. It was just a hobby. Don't put me on blast. (laughs) Yeah. So that's, that's what I fear we're going towards. Also another obsession. Um, I just started getting back into spin classes. Um, and you know, I forgot that once you get back into it, you're bruised. Like, your whole ass is bruised. Like, sitting in those chairs hurts. Sitting in that seat hurts so bad. It is literally a bruise. But I have a spin class tomorrow at 6.15 in the morning. Um, 6.15. And the only reason I'm going is because it's Pitch Perfect themed. And I'm so jealous. I Like, I literally work tonight until 11 p.m. But I will be at that 6.15 tomorrow because i need i need to you know you need special shoes for spin because i have been wanting to try it no you could usually i just use tennis shoes you can buy special shoes but you don't have to yeah yeah that's what i've been obsessed with what 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 do you love this week um so i purposely did not talk about any of the books that I've been reading at the beginning because I kind of wanted to like talk about them a little bit um Priory of an Orange Tree going great so far I did put it on hold not on hold like at the library like I have kind of semi stopped reading it or at least stopped reading it as much lately because I did order Carmilla it's very short I remember what author um edited this version I think it's like something maria machado i don't know it's it's the cover is like a cream color with like very scientific drawings of like bats on the front and she has all these footnotes and stuff i saw someone on tiktok recommend like that specific version and i'm so glad that i mm-hmm. did get that version because it just like she both has footnotes about you know just what you should be kind of like imagining in your mind so like for example the book might say like oh the river reflected the like sunset sky and she'll have a footnote where she's like i need you to know that when she sh- says sunset sky she means blood like the river looks like there's blood in it and it's just these things that like help you so much like imagine kind of like gothic scenery that's going on um and then also just like it's like historical context and the usual stuff that's in footnotes yeah, I really like this version. And it's like a very, very quick read. Like if I just like sat in a park with this 
for one day. Like you could easily read it in one day. I think it's only like 150 pages. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. So, and then I've been really liking Priory, but I do want to read, it might be on hold for a while because then I want to read House of the Fall of Usher or Fall of the House of Usher. Sorry. Because the new uh, mini series is coming out soon. Mm-hmm. I think like next week or something, or it might be out already. Um, so I want to read that. That's a short story, so that doesn't take long. Um, but then to prepare for the Hunger Games, I want to reread all of the Hunger Games books. And that is going to take me a minute. So Priory of an Orange Tree might be on for like a bit. And then also I went on like a rabbit hole of like YouTube nostalgia. And I just wanted to say that Nice Guys Finish Last by Ryan Higa is such like it's a legit good song <laughs> like and the music video is like this has a plot yeah no they definitely had some ideas going on in there like i agree that was all i loved this week <laughs> i love that it's great <laughs> well i guess Yes, that's this week. We're gonna we'll be doing a smaller or a shorter episode next week about things that scared us as children. So if you if you have anything, please please let us know. Um, the weirder the better, because I feel like I feel like when people are scared of like you know generally scary things, you don't get a real insight to who they are as a person. Yeah. But yeah. So like we don't want to know if you were scared of like like Saw as a child. Like of course you were scared of Saw. It's a scary I'm scared of Saw right now. So Yeah. Like, but it's like smaller niche things. Like for me, this movie. Mm-mm. This was a big no for me as a kid. Um but yeah, things like that. Anyway. Man. I Love. Film.